This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Decades ago, Ontario Place was an iconic park, the jewel of the province, with its state-of-the-art facilities and water park and the iconic Cinesphere. Now, Ontario Place is a ghost town, with the exception of the new Trillium Park and William G. Davis Trail, both of which extend east from the old Ontario Place, which is basically in a shambles, a sad relic of what was once great. Ontario Place closed down in 2012 with a goal to have a brand new revitalized Ontario Place reopen for Canada 150. Last year, the tourism minister, Eleanor McMahon, revealed it would not be ready for Canada 150, saying it's a mammoth project and they want to get it right. Have you been down there lately? My husband and I uh, actually went down on Saturday on Canada Day because we wanted to walk the new trail, which is lovely. Uh, but we got to the trail via the old Ontario place, and I, I got to say, I was embarrassed as a Torontonian and an Ontarian. They actually opened the park. They opened it last weekend for what was billed as Heritage 150. Heritage 150 was comprised of a few food trucks and portable shops on the grounds of the faded Ontario place. For Canada 150, with thousands of tourists from across this country visiting our city, visitors from the U.S., this was the provincial park that we presented to the world. All I have to say is I'm glad that the giant duck was a distraction and kept most people away from Ontario Place and closer to downtown Toronto because it really was not a place to exhibit as our provincial park. We've reached out to the Ministry of Tourism. Minister McMahon is on vacation right now. Uh, we did receive a statement from the ministry, which I will get to in parts shortly. First, though, we welcome to the conversation Savan Pelvetsian, CEO of Civic Action. Savan, welcome. Hi, Jane. Now, Savan frequently contributes to city building efforts, including projects linked to the waterfront. Savan, you know firsthand about the progress or lack of progress at Ontario Place. Uh, help us understand what's gone on. Yeah, well, I think your introduction there, Jane, did give a great overview of the history. So here was this wonderful site. It's 150 acres, 75 of which are land and 75 of which are water lots. And, and back in the day when it opened in, 19, in 1971, it was the jewel in the crown. It was Ontario's version uh, of Expo, and we had such exciting stuff down there. And, and Ontario looked a lot different then. The average age of an Ontarian was 27. We didn't have places like Canada's Wonderland or Wild Water Kingdom yet. And so this was the place where a lot of families went summer after summer to explore the pods, to take in uh, concerts and to ride the water slides as I did as a kid. And, and the reality is, like many public assets out there, Jane, 
and all of us, after 40 years, we get tired. And that's certainly what happened with Ontario Place. I think different investments were made over those years, but the numbers never came back. The height of its its heyday, over 3.5 million people would come in those doors for those four months. When it closed back in 2010, we're talking 327,000 only, and that included concert goers to to the amphitheater there. So definitely a a change in terms of what that public asset had had needed. But I got to say, the new Trillium Park down there with that beautiful trail is, I think, a phenomenal step in really realizing the true potential of that, not just the amusement of it. No, and I have to agree with you. Uh, the, The views of the city from the trail are fantastic. I was chatting with a co-worker here in the hallway this morning when he heard we were doing this topic and he, and he and a friend walked the trail as well and he noticed that there weren't that many park benches along the way mm-hmm. for for you know for elderly people who may w- want to sit down or if you want to do some meditation. There really is only uh, the rocky type areas which everyone may not want to sit on. So I think they even could be making some improvements there but I, I take your point that the trail is beautiful and that if we can look forward to a revamped Ontario place on the West Island, which matches that trail, it Mm -hmm. will be spectacular. But why is it taking so long? Isn't that the case? I don't know if any of us have done home renos. We have the same question. It costs more than I thought. It takes longer than I planned. You know, this is this is an interesting... I had the chance to work uh, closely in that ministry at the time and saw this file... You know, what's neat is it, this is a very unusual site, but it is all landfill. Like a lot of the sites that's Ontario Place was, was some of the soil and the dirt that was coming out of the city at the time when the subways were being built. And so when you're built on fill, it really does cost a lot to, to make sure that the soil is appropriately being remediated before you do anything new with it. Um, and also the cost of being able to understand what can be actually born there. Uh, and so this is, this is a huge piece of land that costs a, fall, a small fortune to revitalize. I know the panel, <clears throat> excuse me, the panel that did their work back in July of 2012, there was mm-hmm. an external panel, um, and it was a report that was done for, for Minister Chan at the time that said, look, here are some of the principles that we think ought to be applied as you do this revitalization. But it was estimated, even at that time, to cost you know, $100 million in funding over the next five years to just bring it up to a state of good repair, Jane, state of good repair. So we know what the provincial budgets look like these days. We know that cities are broke. There is not a lot of icing to go around when we're barely funding the cake that we have. And I think what, what I was pleased to see in this first step is, is a do it right and do it as the money's there to do it. So that Trillium Park and that waterfront trail, it is seven and a half acres. And you're right, it's spectacular. Like when I went down there and saw those 260 degree views of the city of Lake Ontario, I'm telling you that's going to be the engagement must go spot very, very soon in this city. It's spectacular, but they took the time to get it right. And they used public consultation very effectively. And I, and I hope uh, and I have expectations that the rest of the site will see the same principles applied. Well, we certainly can't go back in time. And I do want to put this out to you, the Zoomer radio listener as well, your memories of Ontario Place, uh, your disappointment in having it closed now for so many years, what you would like to see uh, for Ontario Place, for that West Island, for the future. Should we be selling this land? And 
and I, I'll put that question to Zavon as well. 416-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-744-740. First, let's go to Sam in Brantford. You'd like to weigh in on uh, what was once Ontario Place, Sam? Yes, uh, good afternoon. I, I remember going to this place when it first opened up back in 1972 or 73, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't understand how they could spend $200,000 for a floating duck. Why don't they put that money towards Ontario Place? They could put in a nice petting zoo, which the kids will enjoy. But they also have to make the admission reasonable so that everybody in Toronto and area could enjoy it. Savan, your comment to that? I think Sam's got a fair point. You know, there is always this balance as it relates to a public space of accessibility and affordability. And and we did see in Ontario Place as it was closing its doors back in 2010. I mean, the cost to bring a family of four in there, 27 bucks for adults, the kids a little bit cheaper, but still, this is a lot of money for a day's worth of fun or a few hours worth of fun. What I like about the Trillium Park, what I love about the trail, is that is the first time that that part of Ontario Place has been A, ungated, it always was gated, and B, it's free. And, and as we're seeing the size of our homes get smaller and smaller, you know, 42% of Torontonians live in apartment buildings, Jane. So we need green space. We need outdoor space because that's, frankly, our new living room. And, and, and I, Sam's absolutely right. We have to make decisions whether that's investments in tourist items like floating ducks or whether that's investments like park benches and, and revitalized parks. But, but I, for one, am a big fan of having public assets uh, invested in smartly so that generations can use them for their families as well. And certainly we want to remain positive on the program today on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back because we can't go back. And to slag the current situation, I, I think it's important that people understand the disrepair that Ontario Place has fallen into and how it's really a misnomer uh, for instance, this last weekend, calling it Heritage 150, and effectively it was, um, you know, no more polished than than a fair in a small Ontario town. Like it, it really is a sad, pathetic uh, reflection uh, of this great city, this cosmopolitan city we live in. But we do have this waterfront trail, and it is giving us a hint of hope. Uh, my colleague Christopher Randall, vice president of marketing, uh, has wandered into the studio. Uh, Chris you also had an opportunity, as Myron and I did on the weekend, to walk the trail. So what positive feedback well, I, and then what you would like to see. Yeah, I, I, I was going to call in and then they said, why not? I was walking down the hall, so I thought I can actually come and visit you in <laughs> yeah. person. Um, a friend of mine called and said, we really should go see this new trail at Ontario Place. And I was always a big fan of Ontario Place and went down many, many times. So I haven't been down there yet since they opened it up. I thought there was a lot of potential. The one huge thing, and I was going to write whoever was in charge, there aren't enough park benches down there. You have all these beautiful vistas, the most beautiful views of the lake. You're not going to expect adults and seniors, et cetera, to sit on rocks without any back support. You're the second person to tell me this I today. Couldn't, I couldn't believe there was so much potential. All they have to do is move aside a few of the rocks, lay down some cement, and put uh, a dozen, two dozen, three dozen Beautiful park benches right on the water, right on that edge. And I don't know why, when they spend all this money on architects and, and designers, that they wouldn't come up with a simple 
suggestion. We need well, more benches what? for human beings to sit down. They, again, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds don't want to sit on the grass. I didn't want to sit down, so I kept walking. But I, there were all I could see is four or five benches, and they should be right on the water. Right Savan, there. will there be an opportunity for feedback from people like Christopher who'd like to see some changes, some augmentation to make it even better? I would I would expect so, Jane. I mean, the neat thing about uh, some of these projects, and again, this is uh, at Civic Action, we're, we're not driving that work at all, but we are mm-hmm. a big proponent, obviously, of public assets. Um, I think the opportunity for these spaces to be to be retrofitted to meet the evolving needs. Like back when Ontario Place opened, the average age of an Ontarian, as I mentioned, was 27. Today it's 41. In the next 10 years, it's going to be up by another handful of years. So the need for, as you say, a park bench with a back for the aging generation generation is going to be needed. I look at something like Millennial Park, Millennium Park in Chicago, right? So this was a beautiful site if you've had the opportunity to see it. 20 25 acres that was formerly a dilapidated ground level parking lot and a, and a rail yard. And over time, they built this phenomenal public asset where everybody who knows when you go to Chicago for the weekend, you go and check it out. Now, cost 20 million bucks per acre to do Millennium Park. The neat thing is, it is able to be animated and updated as the as the needs of the changing demographic or the different tourist base allow. That, to me, is a wonderful public asset. It's there for the masses. It's accessible and affordable, but it's also adaptable as the needs arise. So let me ask you, uh, let me just ask you, uh, who do I write to? Who do I let them know a simple thing like putting another couple dozen benches there overlooking the water? It's simple, simple. I could have done it myself. I could have laid some cement and put those bark benches there. I'm just wondering why they put them on the other side of the grass or way up on the hill. Get them down on the water so people can hear the the uh, beautiful waves lap against the stone and they can see the, the um, sailboats yeah. go by. Why move the park benches away from the water? Again, it's 10 or 15 feet high, so there's even if we keep flooding, um, nothing will happen to those park benches. But a simple thing like like that, uh, again, I walked. I walked a lot of kilometers looking for a bark bench, and the and the two or three that they had were fully occupied. So, Savan, is that as simple as uh, contacting the Ministry of Tourism? I think so, Jane. Yeah, Minister McMahon has done just a tremendous job overseeing this project in the, le- the recent months since she's had the file. Uh, and I would, I think, I would encourage any of your listeners to have not just with this tourist site, but frankly, any part of this province that our taxpayers go to fund. Right? We are users of that system, and if we have ideas or feedback, we need to flex that democratic muscle and take the opportunity to provide our, our constructive feedback to the leaders of those sites. Christopher, thanks for wandering thanks, in. Thanks, Jane. Love to- your show. Thank you. Nice to have you in the Fight Back studio. Usually see Christopher in the hallways or uh, in the newsroom. Uh, Savan, I want to put that question to you that I mentioned earlier about selling that land, having a private developer make a world-class water park or something like that. Is the reason we're staying away from that because of the recommendation uh, from, from John Tory's committee, and it was his committee back before he was mayor, uh, to keep uh, the admission at free for, for the people to come and visit that site? So the decision to sell Ontario Place is obviously always going to be a political decision, and that's up to the ministry to decide what the fate of that piece, how that moves forward. The report that, that when John Tory was chair of that external advisory panel, there were many different components within it. One of them was to consider having at least parts of that site which were free. 
it didn't mean the whole thing was free. For example, if you want to go and see a concert there this summer, obviously there's a ticket price to get into the amphitheater. And so, so the I don't think the, uh, that the assumption ever, Jane, was that every single piece of that 75-acre you know, land spot was going to be free. Having said that, having big chunks of it that you could just pack a picnic and go down with the kids and enjoy. Liberty Village, right? That, that neighborhood just north of Ontario Place, which has exploded in recent years. Well, I'm talking to you from Liberty Village in the Zoomerplex. <laughs> then you know it very well. Yeah. The ability for folks that are crammed into our little condos and spots down there and head down to the water and have a great place to enjoy it is, is I think one of those key ingredients to a quality of life in any city. Is Ontario Place going to solve all the needs of all the visitors and all the tourists and residents in the area? My heavens, that would seem impossible. But is there an opportunity over the years to do different chunks of investment and make sure that it's right? Not just throwing the new, new thing, the fad, right? You always hear people talk about, well, what we need is a, a Ferris wheel or what we need is a new water slide. You know what we need? We need to take a deep breath and really understand what uh, what the smart investments are, because it's not cheap. I mentioned that Millennial Park Millennium Park costs at twenty million dollars an acre. So we really want to get it right, and we want to make sure that the voices of Ontarians are in, in involved in that process. Well, and speaking of the voices of Ontarians, I want to hear from you your memories of Ontario Place, what you liked about it, what you would like to see uh, for the future of Ontario Place, and if you've been down there lately, and likely you haven't because it was very quiet when Myron and I were walking through. Even on Canada Day, you would think that there would be a ton of people. We had our pick of parking spots. Uh, It literally was a ghost town on Canada Day. It may have picked up in the afternoon, but this was late morning, and it was very quiet. And as he and I were walking through uh, the old part of Ontario Place, you know, we were reminiscing about, uh, you know, in the case of my husband, he was down there all the time for Caravan and all the concerts that they had, the Ukrainian events. And and I remember taking my kids there to the water park year after year after year. And it just got us to thinking, couldn't they have kept part of the old Ontario place open and then revitalized sections so that as park goers, we would have seen, hey, it's changing. It's becoming more modern. It doesn't look like 1971 anymore, which is, I'm sure, the reason that people stopped going. But at least if if they'd kept the water park open and closed other areas and shown us as Ontarians that, hey, we're trying to bring this park, this beautiful piece of land on the Ontario waterfront up to the standards of the 20-teens, I think think you might have gotten more people coming out year after year instead of just having it sit there literally with tumbleweeds blowing through. Your reaction, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Ontario Place, where it's been, where it is now, which is not good, where it's going to be in the future. Your thoughts here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, 416-360-0740. 740 Let's go to Rudy in Toronto. Hi, Rudy. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hello. Yes, I remember the early days of Ontario Place. It was quite nice, and uh, I, I went to concerts there, and I liked the the way, the way was, they were uh, arranged that you could just, just sit on the grass and uh, see some celebrities there. I, I saw Donovan. 
and uh, John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas and his daughter Mackenzie. Oh, that's neat. Um, and I remember seeing the Commodores on uh, The Temptations and even Tony Bennett when nobody really knew who Tony Bennett was back in the mid-'80s. Yes, uh, I knew about Tony Bennett, but I, but I thought he wasn't, didn't sing the kind of music that I liked then, but I, I appreciate him more now. No, absolutely. So they do still have the concerts there. Uh, in fact, um, the band Train was there fairly recently, so they are getting notable acts in there. Um, so it is being used on Ontario Place. My point was just, why not clean it up a little bit, get rid of the weeds, do some painting, make it look respectable? I mean, as when you invite somebody to your home to spend an evening and an evening of entertainment, you, you certainly invite them after you've cleaned the place up a bit, right? Certainly, yes. That would be a good idea. I, I haven't seen it in years, but and I, and I didn't know they were still having concerts there, so <laughs> I'll have to... Uh, be in touch more with, with what's going on, but I would like to see it revitalized and revamped. Rudy, thanks for calling in. Thank you. Uh, Savan, I know you've got to go, and I've got other callers to get to. Um, did you li- want to leave us with any further thoughts about the future of Toronto's waterfront? Because it is a work in progress. There's no doubt about it. It is a work in progress, but my goodness, is it ever an important thing to get right, Jane? You know, when we, it, it's obviously it's summer now, and so we think about the waterfront as it relates to a place to enjoy a Sunday afternoon, a place to take in a concert, a place to jog through. You know, there's another side of the waterfront that's super important, and that relates to, to extreme weather and, and flooding. And just last week, we saw at the other side of the waterfront, down in the Portlands, a tri-level announcement where each of the orders of government have collectively committed $1.2 billion to, to revitalize and do some of the flood protection for the Portlands, an industrial area currently. I love seeing that announcement. I love watching three orders of government get in line behind a smart solution. And it's, it's not only going to be incredible to create new public spaces that we can all enjoy with our families and loved ones. It's also, frankly, Jane, important because of the extreme weather that's coming and coming with a vengeance. Floods, yes. floods that used to happen every 40 years, Jane, happen now every six. And yeah. so our waterfront is an important part of that protection of our city, not just a place to enjoy. We will have you back on for sure. Savan Pelvetsian, CEO of Civic Action, thanks for your time. Thank you, Jane. Take care. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.